Well, why don't you shout praise the Lord if you if you're happy and you know it. Amen. Why don't you turn to the one next to you and tell him God's good. And then after you've done that, you can be seated. Praise God. I'm glad to be here tonight. Glory. Hallelujah. Isn't it wonderful to be in the presence of God? Amen. Hallelujah. We'll get in the Word a little bit, and then we'll see what the Lord would have us do after that. And, uh, of course, you know, don't think we'll be here all night, but be here long enough. Not too long, not too short. Go, go in your scriptures to the 22nd Psalm. Psalm 22, verse 16. And uh, we'll just get started along a certain lines here and trust God. Would you believe with me? Yes. Amen. Yes. Hallelujah. 22nd Psalm. Now the Psalms, and particularly this one, it's interesting. I've met a lot of people, you probably have too, that you ask them what their favorite part of the Bible is. They'll say, that I'll, well, I just like the Psalms better than anything. Have you met anybody like that? And, uh, well, there's a lot of good stuff in the Psalms, but you don't want to get your doctrine for life under the new covenant from the Psalms. You know what I mean? There's a, there's a lot to see. Don't get me wrong. It is a, it is a wonderful book. But uh, um, it's not the book you live in in the same sense. It's very devotional. You can, it, it'll, it'll drag you in. Uh, drag, that's not a good word. It'll pull you into intimacy with God. Draw is what I meant to say, not drag. It'll draw... <laughs> You know, however, we have to get them there. Sometimes, you, some folk you can draw in, some some folk you got to drag in. <laughs> what was it, Jude, that talks about uh, and others uh, yank them out of the fire? You know what I mean? <laughs> Telling you how how snatch them, yeah, snatch them, snatch them, drag them, pull them, bind them, blindfold them, gag them, whatever you got to do, just get them, get them, amen. And so, uh, Psalm twenty-two. Yes, the psalmist, a lot of the psalms written by David, he's very transparent about some things. Um, he, he lets you know when he's struggling. And, and the thing that's cool about some of these psalms is not necessarily how they start, because some of them start just absolutely down in the dumps, you know what I mean? But they end up in faith. And that's, that's why the Lord had them put in the, in the book here. Amen. Uh, a lot of times they say, man, this is the situation I'm in. It stinks. And you got to understand, they did not have the revelation that we have in the New Testament. They didn't have Romans. They didn't have even the Gospels. They didn't have so much of what we have. So it, they were walking in the light they have. And so I said all that because when we start reading this, and I, I want to get to a particular verse, but when we start reading this, you're gonna, uh, I don't want you to get depressed over what David was going through. You see what I'm saying? My God, my God, <laughs> why have you forsaken me? You understand this too, of course. There's a lot of prophetic stuff. This was a prophetic utterance pointing to the, they call them messianic psalms. The psalms that point you to the Messiah. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me from the words of my groaning? Well, I can answer that question. You keep groaning. That's why, that's why he's so far. <laughs> right? You keep groaning. Nah, you keep griping, you keep complaining. He's going to be so far. Amen. And David figures that out. He gets it turned around. We're not going to read it all to see where he gets it turned around. 
but he does get it turned around. Oh, my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer. That's not true. And by night, but I find no rest. Yet you are holy. Oh, man, he's coming around already, isn't he? That's pretty good. In two verses, most Christians take a lot longer than two verses to come around. To. He said, you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. I want to focus on that part right there. You are holy, enthroned, enthroned on the praises of Israel. Uh, other translations, well, really the King James says, you inhabit the praises of Israel. And the Hebrew word that says enthroned, it literally means you dwell within the praises of Israel. You dwell in our, you indwell the, our praises. Psalm 22. You indwell our praises. The praises of Israel. How many know that if he'll indwell Israel's praises, he'd indwell our praises. He'll indwell our praises. Now, like I like to, I like to say this sometimes, you've heard me say it. You don't even have to know what that means. To know that that's a good thing, right? Right? You don't have to know what it means to indwell, but let me tell you some of what it means. It means just what he says. He inhabits. Uh, we would say, we could say it this way. He manifests himself, right? God is, always, God is what theologians call omnipresent, meaning that he's, he's everywhere all the time. But he's not manifesting everywhere all the time, Right? He's not manifesting everywhere all the time. He manifests when there is the ability to, for him to manifest. And so much of that time, it's when an atmosphere has been created for him to manifest. Amen. Folk think, well, God just manifests when there's needs. It's not, it's not the presence of a need that moves God. It's the presence of faith. Amen. And so... Uh, for God to manifest in the earth, you understand that the reason we are here on earth after we're saved, as opposed to being saved and then immediately getting raptured, which there's been many times I thought that would be the, the better way to go. Well, it would be better. Because to depart and to be with Christ is not just a little bit better, but far better. But one of the reasons, one of the reasons you and I are here after we're saved is because we are the body of Christ. We are Christ here on the earth. Amen. And for God to manifest himself on earth, well, a lot of times we're the, we're the glove, so to speak, that he sticks his hand in. You know, it talks about how the, the disciple, the hand of the Lord came on the disciples. The disciples were, were the hand of the Lord. You know, you can be the hand of the Lord. Amen. He, put, he puts his hand in the glove of your hand, so to speak. You know what I mean by that? Hope that's a, hope that's a clear way to illustrate it. And he's able to manifest himself into our natural realm. Well, the, God being able to manifest himself, that's one of the reasons why we're here on earth. Amen. And because he wants to manifest himself in the earth so that the, those in the world who don't know them can see God. Right? But we're, we're, we're given this instruction here in this psalm that... He enthrones or indwells or inhabits the praises of Israel. And if he'll do it for Israel, 
how much more will he do it for us? There's something about praise. That's what I want to talk to you a little bit about tonight. That God seems to get in it. He'll get on it. And praise will do something that nothing else that I know of will do. And it works, it'll work in every single situation if you put it to work. We're going to look at a few of them. Now, I've preached on this subject before. You've heard preaching on this subject before. Praise is something a lot of Christians know about and very few of them practice. You don't have to turn there, but you know, well, you know, you do have to turn there because it's about two pages away. Go to Psalm 34. I forgot where we were so close by, you know. <laughs> you know, there's restaurants. If I'm close enough by them to me, it would be a sin not to go through there. <laughs> we, were, we were out in California the other week, and, and uh, the first day we got there, we drove through In-N-Out Burger. And I mean, the, the first thing, because we hadn't, we hadn't eaten. Our flight was delayed. We still hadn't eaten. And we were on our way to a service. We were in heavy traffic. It, getting to the service was in jeopardy. But you got to have something in you. And so I, I saw an In-N-Out burger. We, know right, we knew right where it was on, on uh, Highway 91. Uh, see, you know, seriously. Highway 91. Well, they could blow it up, and I think you'd get there faster. than, than, than But anyhow. We, we had booked our ticket in time to get across that road, but then with the flight being delayed an hour and a half, well, then now we're in traffic, you know. You got about a three-hour window to arrive and get from Orange County Airport down to where we were going. So we stopped in In-N-Out Burger. Got what we, uh, got what we needed. Amen. A number two, not number two like you think of, a number two combo. <laughs> we, we, got, we got our, our meal. Ate him quickly, ate it quickly in the car, and then you know enjoyed our, our week down there. But we didn't really have time to much enjoy it. We more like gobbled it. And uh, I took my wife to the airport, but I stayed a couple more days to preach in the area. And I and uh, so she lamented a little bit that we didn't get back to In and Out because it's worth going to twice if you don't have one. Amen. It's like fast food, and you don't feel like you had fast food afterwards. It doesn't explode in your stomach like other kinds so uh so anyhow after i dropped her off i had to drive a couple hours and i needed to eat lunch so i saw one right off the highway and so it, i was clo- i was in the neighborhood it had to be done and and uh, and i so i texted her of course and just let her know don't worry i did get back there and, and that's what she said to me it had to be done so i obeyed her I took all that time to say that just to get you to turn to Psalm 34. Forgive me for for taking that time. The the first verse says, I will bless the Lord at all times. At all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. His praise. Are you listening to me? His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Oh, what would happen if Christians obeyed that verse? Because here's the thing, something is usually always in your mouth. But for most folk, it's not his praise. And if it's not his praise, just to be, analyze this a little bit. What is in your mouth? Gossip? Huh? Griping? Complaining? Strifing? That's a word I just made up. Fussing? 
Huh? Vain conversation, which was just a whole lot of talk about nothing. Stuff you ought not to be saying. There's not that much to say. Here's, that's the deal. There's not that much to say. I don't know, I'm not talking about if for your employment you have to speak to people. That's different. I'm talking about any, any time else when you're around people. There's not that much to say that's worth anything. But that doesn't stop people from talking nonstop. And most of it is just flat sin. You know, the book of Proverbs says that where the multitude of words is, sin is unavoidable. Where the multitude... King James says transgression wanteth not, but another translation says sin is unavoidable where there's a multiple multitude of words. If you can't control your mouth, if you can't hush it, or, or at least direct it where it's supposed to go, sin's unavoidable. But there is one kind of utterance out of your mouth that's always appropriate. And it says we're to bless him half the time. Well, wait, that can't be, that can't be right because things aren't going good all the time. Huh? Anybody here, you have perfect circumstances all the time? Then that can't be right. That can't be right, can it? Well, it does say that, though. At all times. And then it says, His praise shall occasionally be in my mouth. Huh? His praise shall continually. I think most people read the version that says occasionally. His praise shall weekly be in my mouth. Very weekly. Bi-weekly. No, His praise is to... Come on now, continually be in our thoughts and prayers. Huh? I can't stand that. You know, I'll keep you in my thoughts. It does nothing to keep you in my... That accomplishes nothing. I, I, uh, on Facebook, one of a, a high school friends, and really I'm friends more with her husband. They were both in my high school class. But he doesn't Facebook. She did and, and somehow got connected on Facebook and... And uh, I, I noticed she had to go in for some surgery. She wasn't expecting some emergency type surgery. And uh, some pe- you know, people will comment on it. And, you know, you see something like that. I don't care how close you are to them. Well, you, you take a look and you know, make sure they're okay and all that. But uh, one of some of the comments from their friends was sending positive thoughts your way. But here's, here's the thing. What's inhabiting those thoughts? Those thoughts can't go anywhere. Positive thoughts. I'm thinking positive thoughts about you. Write me a check. Don't do something <laughs> tangible. Positive thoughts, they don't have a track to ride on. They can't get anywhere. They can't accomplish anything. That's why one of the other things, you know, since you asked me what things I don't like, I'm telling you today. Maybe you didn't ask me, but I'm telling you anyhow. One of the other things that irks me is the whole moment of silence thing. Let's have a moment of silence. It accomplishes nothing. It's a, it is a show of respect, but it's also a, it's also a show of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Impotence. We can't do anything about it, so we'll be quiet about it. It's useless. Pray. Pray will get you somewhere. But we can't have that because we, we, don't, 
We feel bad that you're in a situation that's, that's about to cost you your life, but we can't offend anybody even to save your life, so we'll just have a moment of silence. We care about what your family went through. We care about the loss, but we care more about offending somebody who will sue us, so we're going to have a moment of silence because... Now y'all got me stirred up. No, his praise must be continually in our mouth. And, and, and may, I, may I bring clarity to what that means? Coming out of your mouth. Not just in there to chew on it. And so I, you, our church members, they must think, well, you do nothing but fuss at us every Sunday morning, trying to get us, because, you know, people all over the world in churches stand there and do nothing. They read words. And they, they, they don't understand, that's why we try and... The reason that people don't understand that it, that it is not only, not only is it not accomplishing anything for them, it's actually hindering what God can do for others. That, that's the deal with it. That, it's for that reason that we teach them, not because we're mad at them, not because we want to spank them, not because we're so insecure about having people stand there doing nothing, although we don't prefer it. But we teach them, and, and the thing is, not a lot of people are teaching it. Not a lot of folks say anything about it because, you know, so much of the local church out there is, is in performance mode. Just let's put on the show. We've got to get through the show, get through the songs. If this is the song order, Jesus Christ himself cannot change the order. You know what I mean? Say amen, everybody. No, it matters that things come out of your mouth. It matters that the people of God give utterance to things because God wants to inhabit something. Amen. Where is the Lord anyhow? Anybody know? Where is he? Well, we know he's enthroned in heaven, but then where you and I are concerned, where is he in closest proximity? Within. Within. So he's riding around in your car. Can I say it that way? Or, or let me say it this way. You're the car he's riding around in. Hmm? And he desperately wants to go in that car, make movement in that car. He wants to inhabit. He wants to be enthroned upon the vehicle of your life. He wants to inhabit, but you've got to give him something to inhabit. And the key that starts the car and puts it in motion, puts it in gear, praise. Praise. I'll bless the Lord at all times. At all times. What does it mean at all times? It means at all times. Obviously not when you're asleep. But if you wake up. If you wake up. What, what do you do when you, uh, well, how many are old enough to where you have to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night? No. Well, I do. I do. We, we drink a lot of water. And see, the thing is, my, my kids, they don't, they don't have to get up at night. So there comes a time, I, I guess there's a time where you just sleep through it all night. But there comes a time where you've got to get up and use the bathroom for most people. Maybe you can use your faith against it. I never have applied faith for that, so I don't know. Didn't know. Uh, but anyhow, so most of you, it looks like you go, you, you know, tonight, you're going to be making at least a trip sometime. What goes on during that time? And you might think, surely you're not going there. Yes, surely... <laughs> Yeah. 
I, I, you don't have to wake up your, your spouse. I started to say your partner, man. No, there's spouse. It's spouse or alone. Spouse, roommate, or there ain't no partner. Um, you don't have to wake up the other person. You don't, have to, you don't have to speak it out loud in the sense of your, your daytime voice. But even under your breath, because that's giving utterance. That's something coming out of your mouth. Do you, do you recognize the presence of God in the middle of the night? If you don't, it's a habit you want to develop. Now, for us, it's a habit. You might say, that's the problem. It's a habit with you Christians, right? How many have ever met somebody praising God? It's just their habit. Oh, praise the Lord. Oh, praise the Lord. Oh, praise the Lord. But what's your habit? If that habit bothers you, then you have a different habit. You have the griping and complaining habit. Amen. You know, the body of Christ really went through a, almost a revival of praise and worship. Really more of a revival of praise. It's called the charismatic renewal. And you understand that there, there was no Hosanna. Remember the, all the Hosanna records that came out? Hundreds of them. Hundreds of them. We used to be, uh, well, then Integrity Music bought it, and it was Integrity Hosanna. And the first ministry position I had, we were, we were artists with Integrity Music. We were the first, actually the first artists that they had ever signed besides all the praise and worship. It was a huge movement in the 70s. There was no What a Mighty God We Serve. We bring a sack of Frito-Lays. You remember all those songs that you used to sing? <laughs> we bring a sack of Frito-Lays. Remember that one? <laughs> if you weren't around, it said, we bring a sacrifice of praise. That was... <laughs> What's wrong? You don't... <laughs> Glory to God, we're waking everybody up here tonight. <laughs> Y'all never heard that song before? <laughs> None of that stuff. I mean, that stuff wasn't there. And there, I mean, really, part of the charismatic movement, one of the things it brought, it brought a... It, before that, it was all the hymn book, you know? I mean, sing verse 1, sing verse 2, sing verse 3, sing verse 4. There was no enter in and lift your hands. I mean, by large, you know what I mean? What, what, what there was, it was spontaneous, you know, more so than regular. And so part of the charismatic movement, that brought that in. See, that was a good thing. Not every part of the charismatic movement was good, but that was one of the, there was a lot good. That was one of the really good things that it brought. And I mean, I mean, Baptist churches now, you go to churches that aren't even filled with the Spirit. And they've, they, you know, they've kind of moved into that, to the whole praise and worship flow somewhat. But a lot of it's died off now in terms of daily, well, daily use. So now we've got to, you know, when stuff dies off, we've got to revive it back up. Continually. Uh, it lets us know this, that our fellowship with God is to be so real to us that it's as if He's actually there with us all the time, which actually He is with us all the time. But that's so real to us that there's an acknowledgement, a continual acknowledgement of it. You're always talking to Him. You're always thanking Him. You're always praising Him. I think if you followed us around for most of a day, you'd find... Here's, a, here's an illustration. We go out to eat together on a date. We live together. There's not a lot new to say. 
And so what do we do? We sit after we order, and I'm not a menu reader. If I know one thing I like at the restaurant, that's what I get. I don't want to take time to read the menu. So that's not going to occupy me. I tell her I love her. I tell her I'm glad to be out with you and all that. Well, that's done. So, so we, we sit there across from, from one another, and what do we do? Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Father. Oh, God's good. The Lord's good. Hallelujah. And that's our date. That's not all of it, but I mean, that's the, that's the part that, uh, you know, we're sitting there at dinner. And I know it frustrates her. She said it frustrates her. Here we are out to dinner, and I, and I don't get the time of day, you know. <laughs> so I make it a point to look at her. Yeah, you look beautiful tonight. I like what you're wearing. I like your... Praise the Lord. That's what we end up saying. And is it a habit? Yeah. Not a habit we were born with. I had the cussing habit before. Amen. I had the bad talking habit before. I had the doubt and unbelief talking habit before. Amen. But we're supposed to have the praise habit. Go to Hebrews the 13th chapter. And the Hebrews the 13th chapter has the New Testament companion verse to Psalm 34 1. Hebrews chapter 13. Now these are all verses you should, uh, you want to get familiar with. You should mark these down in your Bible. Highlight them. Make notes. Amen. I, I recommend when you come to these services, especially these teaching services, but then also Sunday morning services, get you a notebook of some kind so that you can uh, be a good student of what God's privileged you to hear. If, you, if you're not a good student, um, then you... If you're not a good steward and not a good student, it shows that you don't value where God's brought you. And if you won't value it, you stand to lose your, your place of feeding. We don't want you to do that. We need, we need all of you and lots more too. So we don't need anybody getting disqualified and the Lord moving you on because, because you're not walking worthy of what you're hearing. Now, I have to be a good student when I'm feeding, you know, when I'm under the people I'm under. Amen. It matters. It matters. So that's why we teach these things. Amen. Hebrews 13, and it's the 15th verse that you should, you should have this highlighted or have this written down, where it says, through him, then let us continually, see that word again? Let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips that acknowledge his name. The fruit of your lips. What's fruit? What's fruit to a tree? It's what... It, it's, not the, it's not the inner part of the tree. It's the outermost. It's what comes out of the tree. It's the product of the tree. It's what the tree produces. What your lips produce are words. And the words that your lips are to produce continually our praise to God calls it a sacrifice a sacrifice of praise you know in the Old Testament there was a uh, quite a complex and varied system of sacrifices that were required of, of the of the people and I mean they had a sacrifice for this and they had a sacrifice for that and uh, you understand the people were not the people were basically what we would call sinners. 
and they were not fit to stand before God in the sense that you and I are. Right? They were spiritually dead. You, you, you know that? The children of Israel, they were spiritually dead. Separated from God, yet still in covenant with God. So God made a system by which they could offer acceptable worship to him. Acceptable meaning he could accept it and they wouldn't die. <laughs> but yet, uh, but yet they, he didn't expect them to just operate out of the spirit within because they didn't have the Holy Spirit within. So he told them exactly, this is the sacrifice for this. This is the sacrifice for this. And you've got to do it just exactly according, according to the thing. In the New Testament, it doesn't speak a whole lot of sacrifices. But it talks about the sacrifice of praise. It talks about presenting your body as a living sacrifice. Well, can you praise God without your body? Not too easily. So here's, here's one of the things that helps you be a living sacrifice. Let us offer the sacrifice of praise continually. This isn't a monthly sacrifice. This is not a weekly sacrifice. Amen. He replaced all those. Not a yearly sacrifice. He replaced it all with a continual sacrifice. A continual sacrifice. You know the word sacrifice, and you know, in one sense, it makes it, it, it gives us the understanding of this. If it's a sacrifice for me, then it's something that's, that's a hardship. You know, the way we use the word sacrifice it can be a hardship. Well, we can get this thought out of it, that when you don't feel like it, and you do it anyhow, it can be sacrificial in that sense. Amen. But we're, we're in the middle of that. You know, it, there, there's times where if, if I catch myself going too long without something coming out of my mouth towards the Lord, I'll make myself. I'll make myself. Stir myself up. Yeah. Well, we want to look at some folk that uh, got results through praising God. Well, because remember our first text, God inhabits, indwells our praises. If he indwells our praises, it lets me know this, that praise is one of the methods by which I'm not confined to this natural realm. If God's in it, how many know God is certainly not confined to the natural if God is in the praise, that means the praise can penetrate into the spirit realm. It means the praise is an open door to the God realm. Do you understand that there is nothing that you could possibly need that does not exist in the God realm? And if it's in his realm, it can come to our realm. And he's got body parts over in his realm. Spares, spare parts in your size. Your size, your color, everything you need. He's got spare parts over there. Amen. But so, so the, for the believer, it's, it's not a matter of God move. He'll move, in, he'll move as you move. He'll inhabit, say it this way, he'll inhabit your movement. And if you make no movement, he'll inhabit that. Or if you make backwards movement. Meaning that instead of, instead of the forward movement of praise, if you, if you give the backwards movement of doubt and unbelief and griping and let that continually be in your mouth, then the Lord in you both is getting farther away from your answer as opposed to being closer to it. Amen. I'm sorry if everything's not coming out perfectly. I'm just flowing out of my heart here tonight. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. So, 
continually let his praise be in your mouth and you you will be continually connected to the God realm to the realm of all your answers amen, amen. now there's other there's other things besides praise that will help that you can keep in your mouth that will help you stay connected to him certainly speaking in other tongues and there's an element of speaking in other tongues I don't think we'll turn there at this point but over in 1 Corinthians 14 it says this he that speaks in the tongue gives thanks well so let me ask you this and the answer is yes but let me ask you this I'll tell you so you don't think I'm tricking you can can speaking in other tongues can that be part of praising God yeah yeah it's not a substitute for the praise that you know the praise that you understand but certainly you know this I don't I don't know about you but I, I know about me so I'll tell about me I, when I'm praying in my known language I can get through what I know to pray pretty quickly you know what I mean I mean I pray what I know and then you have the sense that there's more that you don't know but you don't know it so you can't necessarily pray it um, and and there's a lot of stuff we're told to just release our faith for ask for one time so I'm not so that takes that out of the picture I can't just keep asking please send the money please send the money please that that's nothing but doubt and unbelief hmm? If I asked according to his will, 1 John 5 says, I know he heard me. And if I know he heard me, I know that I have the petitions that I desired of him. End of prayer. End of prayer. But then Colossians, the fourth chapter says, continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. So we are to, we are to continue in prayer, but you don't have to keep asking the same request. But you are to watch over that prayer, and it tells us how to do it. How do you watch in prayer? With thanks. Instead of asking God to do what he already said he'd do, we thank him that we have the answer. And that's, that's wonderful because the problem that you're, uh, that you're addressing with him, you don't, have to, you don't have to yield to anxiety. You, you, can, still, you can still go to him with it. But you don't go to him in an asking posture once you've asked. You go to him with a thanksgiving. And that's how you watch over your prayers. You know what I mean, watch over? You, you, you keep watch over that thing until you have the answer. You keep, it, you, keep, you keep on top of your prayers like that. With thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is in the family of praise and worship. It's part of the language of faith. Amen. Faith has a couple of vocabulary words, and, and, and praise, worship, thanksgiving are three of them. Amen. Well, thank God for praise. Don't you appreciate the Lord? And so we see, I'll have you go, let's see. Let's go to John, the sixth chapter. And I'll just tell you right now, this is going to be a two-parter because I, I haven't gotten to the, I'm, I'm, I haven't gotten past my introduction. I keep inserting these, these other verses that weren't part of the plan. I don't have anything with me that tells me what time it is either, but I'll just go till, I'll just go till somebody comes and kicks us out. Praise the Lord. John 6, have you found the 6th chapter of John? I find something very interesting. We've been studying, I've been studying a lot on, on the subject of miracles. Uh, you remember in October the Lord dealt with me about the miracle flow. Well, that's a, 
to me, that's a lifelong assignment until he would change it and say emphasize something else. And so I've been emphasizing, I don't necessarily preach on that particular topic everywhere I go, but I'm, I'm careful to carry that flow. Where I go, we had a miracle service on Sunday morning. And uh, just, well, the first person, the first person that got in line was in a wheelchair. And I mean, the power God hit her legs and she was up in about five seconds. I mean, she was just up and then, then doing circles around the whole thing, pushing her chair. She like, she was doing that. And uh, glory to God. Get more rest about it. Praise the Lord. <laughs> you know, if you, if you look, if your eyes are glassed over, I'm going to get in your face. Amen. So we're carrying the miracle flow. But uh, studying it, because how many know anything that Jesus did it can be reproduced today? Amen. Except dying on the cross. You could reproduce it, but not accomplish what he accomplished. You can't accomplish any more than finished. You can't add to finish. Amen. I mean, you know, when a, when a runner crosses the finish line, he could do another couple laps, but it doesn't count for a, a thing. Why? Because they're finished. You finished in whatever spot you finished in, you're finished. Keep running if you want, but it's nothing. Okay. Praise the Lord. John 6. You remember this story in John 6 that uh, they had a bunch of people out with them and Jesus said, feed them. And his disciples said, oh my goodness, you got to be kidding me, feed all these people. And uh, they found the boy, he had five loaves, he had two fish. Verse 10 says, Jesus said, have the people sit down. Now there was much grass in that place, so the men sat down, about 5,000 in number. Jesus took the loaves and notice this, when he had what? When he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated, so also the fish as much as they wanted. When they had eaten their fill, he told his disciples, gather up the leftover fragments that nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up and filled 12 baskets with fragments from the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten. Now, obviously... There is no natural way to explain this away. People have tried. They said the loaves were really big in those days. One boy had five of them and two fish. He was not carrying two big, huge tuna. And these, no, 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 no. And these are people with degrees that say that kind of stuff. Brother Hagen hit it on the head when he said, I think that PhD means post hole digger. No truer statement's ever been uttered. Nothing against the degree, but my Lord, when the degree unteaches you the, unteaches you the word, you're in trouble. So, you don't get 12 baskets left over if they all just had a little bite. 5,000 people having a little bite, first of all, that's gross. And then... And then it says they ate as much as they wanted. And you know, well, they, didn't, they weren't hungry because Jesus had filled them so much with the word. Listen, they were there three days. They were hungry. Or I don't know how long they were there. They were there this, this time they were there a whole day or something like that. Whatever it said. They were hungry. They ate the food. They ate till they were full. They gathered up 12 baskets. The only way to explain this is that the five loaves and two fish multiply multiply how did it 
multiplied. You, you can only go by what's, what's here. And if it doesn't give you a clue as to how it happened, why is it here? Right? Because John said, John, the author of this account, said these things are written that you may believe. The things that he included in here were for the purpose of producing faith in us for the same thing. And so how did, how did the, the need get met? How did the multiplication occur? Now you might think, I don't have that need. You probably have a need. Do you need anything multiplied? Here's how it happens. He took the loaves and he gave thanks. Now, people have an idea of what that looks like. I know that because I, have, I had an idea of what that looks like. That he held the loaves up and he said, Oh, my father, I'm so grateful that you made me the Messiah. And because you did, I thank you for a miracle right now. And then... Uh, they had the Tinkerbell noise and the fairy dust and we opened our eyes and looked at all the food. Now that's how I used to think of it. Anybody else, that, you'd be honest, that's how you thought of it? Anybody, nobody ever thought about Okay, well forget, this, forget the music in the... Because in the movies, when there's a miracle in the movies, there's always, this, there's always the... It's technically called a mark tree. We call them chime. Uh, we call them chimes. You know, like the that music's always there for a miracle, and there's always some kind of fairy dust or light. Okay, so take those out. Did I hate it pretty close on the other that he prayed a flowery prayer? They all opened their eyes, and here's all the food. You never thought of it that way. What does it say? better read that again it does not say as they handed it out let's just see what it says let's just read it okay it says verse 11 Jesus took the loaves and when he had given thanks he distributed them to those who were seated yeah but and I see what you're saying so also the fish as much as they wanted and yes there was some passing down that went right or he you know I think one said one uh author said he distributed to the disciples and the disciples to the multitude. Which is wonderful. But the only, the only spiritual activity we see is the giving of thanks. The only thing that connects you to the miracle realm. And so there was, here's my point, and I'm not arguing, you may, uh, it doesn't tell us everything we'd like to know about that. So you may be right uh, and I'm not saying that that's not wrong, uh, that that's not right. In other words, I'm not saying that the multiplication didn't happen during some distribution. I don't know. But I know what it says that Jesus did. He gave thanks. That's significant. Do you know how I know it's significant? Would you look over at the 22nd verse? It says, on the next day, the crowd that remained on the other side of the sea saw that there had only been one boat 
there and Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples but that his disciples had gone away alone. Other boats from Tiberias came near the place where they had eaten the bread after the Lord had what? Wait a second. Wait a second. There was something about... what It didn't say after the Lord multiplied the bread. You following me? They ate after the Lord gave... That lets, that lets me know this. That there was something about that Thanksgiving that was not incidental. It was not the blessing that you and I mostly pray over our food. Father, bless this food to our use, our bodies for your service. Bless the hands prepared in Jesus' name. Amen. Religious prayers. You know what I mean? It wasn't that. Can I say it this way? It was a Thanksgiving event. And who says it was a short Thank you, Father, for this food, for blessing it. His praise is to continually be in our mouths. He inhabits the praises, meaning this, that, that as he inhabits, meaning that that opens, the, that opens the flow from the spirit realm back and forth. Could it not have been that he was repeatedly thanking God for the food. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you. And as you understand what's happening now, God inhabits that. You can praise God and those praises are beating against the natural realm. Amen. Again, some of what I'm saying, right, I understand it doesn't give all the detail. But it says that he gave thanks. That's the, that's, the, that's the one spiritual connection we see. And then when it recounts it several verses later, what's the thing that impressed the people the most? We were, we were there when he gave, oh my goodness. Yeah. There was something about what he was doing. And, and I just knowing what I know, which isn't everything, but I, I, I have some experience in, in praising God. I know that when you get into a thanksgiving flow or a praise flow, it can cause some things to move. It can cause some things to multiply. Man, oh man, oh man. Now, just because I said that, you don't have to swallow it all. Because like I said, it's not... But do you, do you, does something in your heart say, yeah, there's something there about that? that it does to me. It does to me. Hmm. Go to John 11. Glory. <laughs> and you know the whole purpose of, of what we're ministering to you tonight, and I suspect next week too. Are we here next week? Oh, that's a shame. <clears throat> anyhow, I mean because I want to minister. At this. We, maybe we'll do that. But anyhow, the point, point we're trying to make, I, I want it to mean something different to you when you, when it, even though it's a habit, you understand that there, it's not just a habit. There's, there's some, it's spiritual activity. 
Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And sometimes that happens incidentally as you're going all along just to keep you connected. And how important is that? To always be connected. We're always supposed to live out of our heart. If, if God gives us our answer or, or, or God gives us a cue or a leading, we well, don't want to miss it. And I'll tell you this, if you're going all day long and no praise and no thanksgiving and no con- conversing with him ever and exit your mouth, you're not in a position to, to, to catch all the cues that he'd give you during the day. I'm not saying that you're going to have major things happen all day. I'm not saying that. But a lot of the leadings are subtle from him. And, and being a person of praise and thanksgiving and staying connected to God like in that way. That'll keep you so that you don't miss your cues. Maybe I'll have you turn to John 11. Or did I say that already? John 11 is, is a wonderful story. Not a story. It's not a fiction story. It's the account of Lazarus coming out of the grave. And not just coming out of the grave, his spirit came back. And not just that, his body was healed. You know, if, if, if there wasn't healing to go along with the... You know, it, he wasn't resurrected. Resurrection is when you get a new body. He didn't get a new body. Lazarus never would have died if he had gotten resurrected in the sense that you and I will be resurrected and in the sense that Christ was resurrected. When we use the word resurrection, that's what we're talking about, really. I know, <laughs> I know the, uh, your Bible might say Lazarus is is resurrected but he was raised from the dead is what he was and jesus did say i am the resurrection but that was when they were talking about lord i know you'll raise him at the last day at the resurrection he said i am the resurrection amen and if he had if he has enough for all of us at once he's got enough for for uh lazarus right and i just want you to to uh notice praise the lord Jesus wept. You know that verse, right? Everybody knows that verse. Verse 40. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you'd see the glory of God? You know, it took faith even for Lazarus to come up. So they took away the stone, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. Jesus got this thing dealt with a long time before he got there. The Bible says he already knew what he would do. Well, he said that about the, the five loaves and two fish. Praise the Lord. He knew ahead of time that he was dead. Amen. He knew he would, he would uh, raise him up. I thank you that you hear me, that you've heard me. I knew that you always hear me. But I said this on the account of the people standing around that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said those things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the man who died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with a cloth. The point I wanted you to see was that Thanksgiving was even part of this. I know people all the time say this. You may have heard it. Maybe you haven't. They say, well, it's a good thing that Jesus specified Lazarus come forth because if he hadn't, Everybody in the tomb would come forth. Y'all never hear that? That's, that's not how the gifts of the Spirit work. That's not how these things work. 
See, I, when I got saved, I went to a particular brand of church. And that's where all that kind of teaching comes from. Amen. I heard, I've heard that a thousand times probably over the years. You know, if, if, if Jesus hadn't specified Lazarus, if he had just said, come forth, everybody would come out of the grave. Well, wouldn't that have been good? <laughs> it would have been a, even a bigger sight than it was. Thanksgiving, part of it. Well, there's a couple other accounts that really, probably more than anything we've even looked at, there's a couple other accounts that just show it so well and really do a better job than any passages in the scripture I know about, about showing exactly what praise will do and how it'll work for anyone and how God inhabits it and how these things can move through you. There's no way I'm going to get to them tonight. So let's leave well enough alone tonight and let's, let's get into that next time. Does that sound good to you? Because, yeah, because there's, boy, there's a lot here. Glory to God. So uh, stand up with us if you would. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Why don't you give thanks a little bit? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory. 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 Thank you. Glory. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, praise the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Praise Him. Praise Him. If I could have you sit down again, I, I, this verse keeps impressing itself upon me, and it's not a verse I had planned to look at, hadn't even thought of it. But if you turn to, and we'll close with this, I believe, but uh, if you turn to 1 Timothy, the second chapter, just endeavoring to emphasize the, the, the degree of importance that the Bible places on praise, worship, and thanksgiving. How much is to be part of our lifestyle. And, and the phrase that's in this verse, uh, again, as we were praising God, it just kept coming up in my spirit. I don't want to disobey the Lord. I want to, like we said, get out everything that He wants us to. So in the first verse of, second, of 1 Timothy chapter 2, it says, First of all then, What's first of all mean? Before you do other stuff. Priority one. First of all, I urge that supplications. What's a supplication? Supplication is a what we call a prayer request or a petition. You're asking for something. Really, that's, that's one of the most common when people say, uh, pray with me about this pray for me about this. They're wanting supplication. We don't use the word much, but it's a Bible word. You know what I mean? Supplications, prayers. Well, that covers anything that's not specifically covered in here, right? Intercessions. Now, for a while, the body of Christ just loved intercession. And there's a real truth there, 
but the body of Christ took it so far beyond what the Bible, the Bible only uses the word intercession about three or four times, period, total, here's one of them. Two of them, I think, are in Romans chapter 8. Spirit makes intercession for us. It's not talking about prayer, though. It's, not, it's talking about prayer. It's not talking about the Spirit praying for us. It's not, it's not talking about... See, people thought intercession meant prayer. And when it said the Spirit makes intercession for us, they thought it meant the Spirit prays for us. It does not mean that. It does not say that. Spirit helps us pray. Spirit gives utterance for us. That's not what intercession means in that verse. So intercessions is basically standing between another person and a situation. Uh, you, you heard, oh, was it Ezekiel or Isaiah talked about standing in the gap. Standing in between. Making up the difference. That's what intercession is. Amen. So you have supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings, giving of thanks, that they be made for all people, for kings and all who are in a high position, all in the high positions that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good and it's pleasing in the sight of God our Savior who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. So what's going to cause people to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth? What's going to allow us to live a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way? What's going to make the appropriate power and help available for those in authority? All these things that he listed, but what's included? Giving of thanks. Have you ever thought about that? That if I'll give thanks for my leaders, it makes help available to them? Right? Have we ever thought about what, the fact of whether we live in peace? And listen, I, I know Jesus said in this world you will have tribulation. But the gospel can be spread more efficiently when you're in a, when, when you're in a peaceful society. Amen. There's more you can do. It's important that, that we live in peace. You ever think about the fact that Thanksgiving affects that? Giving of thanks? It connects you. God inhabits it. God indwells that. All men being saved come to the knowledge of the truth. Have you ever thought about the fact that Thanksgiving? We want to jump so, so quickly into the intercession or into the supplication. But, it, you know, it really puts them all on the same level of importance by grouping them all together. Right? Giving thanks. Hallelujah. Thanksgiving, praise, and worship. Some powerful powerful stuff and and so powerful that the lord said let it be in your mouth all the time just keep it going all the time you keep that going all the time you're going to be walking you're going to be effective all the time you're going to be walking in a degree of power all the time amen and he, listen says pray for all men you can't fulfill that just in your known language you don't know all men but you can pray in other tongues if you can supplicate in other tongues if you can intercede in other tongues, if you can pray in other tongues, then you can give thanks in other tongues. We already talked about the fact the Bible says you can. Not Again, not a substitute for what we do with our known language, but understand that you're, you're operating in praise and thanksgiving when you, whether you're just speaking it out of your mouth incidentally and, and casually and as a habit 
or whether you are in, in the most intense time of prayer you've ever had. Amen. Praise the Lord. Okay, I can tell you're all you're all acting like okay. Please give me one more verse. Okay, fine. fine. We'll, we'll we'll do we'll do it we'll do it your way. Philippians four. I think this will be the last verse. I said this to you at, at the start of the message. Many Christians know about this. Few few Christians practice it, and I think one of the reasons they don't practice it is they know about it, but they don't have the revelation of the power that's that's involved to it. Amen. There's a whole lot of people where their problem is not that they, it's not that they need to pray more. It's that they need to praise more. Brother Hagen loved to tell the story from uh, a doctor named Lillian B. Yeomans. She was actually a medical doctor, became a preacher, and uh, had healing, healing homes where people would come. And the one lady in her home with smallpox was just dying, not getting any better. And she's praying and praying. You know... It, if you don't know anything of the word, all you know is pray in a general sense. And so that's what she's doing. And she had a, she had a vision. And in the vision, it was presented to her one of the old-fashioned scales. And on one side, the scale was labeled prayers. And it was weighed down. It was to the bottom. And the other side, it said praise. And it was up there at the top with not a lot on it. And the... In the vision, it was told her, when your praises equal out your prayers, you'll, get, you'll see your manifestation. And so, just barely able to speak, she just started praising God loud enough to where everybody in the home heard it, was hearing it. And I mean, within just a, a matter of a very short time, she's up and around and healed. Amen. Very powerful stuff. Verse 6, Philippians 4. Do not be anxious about anything... But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So we see here again that thanksgiving is grouped right along with prayer, supplication. Amen. Hallelujah. How important is this place? How important is the place of praise? Yeah super important. Praise is, is so much more than just singing the upbeat songs of church. We've labeled the upbeat ones praise, slow ones worship, and you can, you can go through all of it and not do either of them. Amen. Glory to God. Well, Father, we thank you again for tonight. So grateful for your word, so thankful for revelation, for truth that sets